Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Thank you, Bethany. Hello, welcome to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. Joining me, two people who over the last few months here on Headliners, I've come to know. Anyway, it's um, <laughs> Josh Howie and Dana Alexander. Hey, Matt. They always set me up as if there's but some I feel, hostility. I feel the same way about you. You do. You yeah. know me, and that's all. I know that, you. That's all you need to say what at this point. What was your name again? <laughs> Simon Evans. I have to repeat it adequately. <laughs> anyway, listen. You look splendid. You in particular look splendid, Dana. I can't help Thank you. You've got oh, to do a little sorry, bit more of an effort than Josh on this occasion. Oh, but this is my... I was just actually saying I look like I should be like selling coconuts on a Thai beach in this outfit. <laughs> but I'll Vibrant, I think. So I've, been, I've dressed like a Mexican cocaine dealer. Yeah, that's true. The baggy, shapeless shirt yeah. usually implies huge wealth or utter poverty, doesn't it? I'm going it? for the huge wealth today. Yeah, excellent. The aristocrat of the streets. Let's have a look and see what we got the front pages this time. We're opening with the Telegraph. Uh, the double-digit rise for state benefit uh, pensions and benefits. That will be one of the main stories we'll be taking a look at. And a photograph there illustrating the chaos, <laughs> the standstill of the rail strike. You either get chaos or standstills, and that's very much going for the standstill end of the spectrum. Uh, then we have the Independent, who have PM accused of race to the bottom on pay deals and yet another abandoned railway terminus there. By the look of it, the uh, Guardian have Tory Bill accused of fatally weakening human rights. Uh, they're zeroing in on the Rwanda immigration uh, exercise and also Stonehenge, which is welcoming back revellers after three long years of uh, abandoned solstice celebrations. The Financial Times, they say that the rail union resists as bosses offer 3% pay rise for 2,000 job cuts. Another photograph of an empty railway terminus. And the Metro has ghost train Britain and gold age pensions. Those two main financial stories once again. Finally, tonight, quite a short haul of newspapers. The Daily Star have they think it's all Uber. It is now. So those are the front pages that we have so far. Let's take a dive inside. So we begin with Wednesday's Telegraph and their leading headline, which is on pensions, Josh. Yeah, so pensions are going to go up, it looks like, about 10%, mm -hmm. uh, because from next year, they're going to... The whole triple lock is coming back into effect. So yep. pensions and um, also benefits are going to rise according to that rate. The triple lock being, of course, the, the, it's, they take the highest of the inflation, mm. uh, pay growth, or 2.5%, which everyone's yep. higher. Obviously, inflation, as it's in a bit of a runaway yep. situation at the moment, is going to be higher. They're saying that's 10%. So um, people will be getting a lot more money and pensions will be going above £10,000 for the first, uh, for the first uh, year for the first time. Although ever. when you say it like that, it's not actually very much, is it? Although I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody who's uh, working for that much, which some people do, but it's not a huge amount of money when you say it like that, whereas you say 10%, it sounds an extraordinary amount of money. But I suppose it's the size of the demographic as well. Yeah, and how many people within there need, like, need that money. The benefits going up, I, mm. I think that that's the way that has to happen, otherwise, because it, they, they're yeah. already on the borderline. Yeah. But let's be real here, there are a lot of baby boomers, nice big houses, 
Yeah. In a pretty Eight good four. situation at the moment who don't really need that extra £1,000 a year. No. What would you do with it, Dana? What would I do with an extra... Like, what can you do with it now? By the time I get it, I'll be able to buy a package of peanuts. Oh, we'll but... never get that. <laughs> <laughs> should age be nothing kept left ahead of us. <laughs> I actually thought that this government was being very tactical. I looked it up, and baby boomers vote conservative yeah. 65%. He knows what he's doing, but it's not sustainable, of course, because they don't become an earning tax bra uh, uh, bracket. And they there's so mm. many of them, and there's not enough people really to Absolutely support them. True. So Sam Ashworth Hayes, who was just speaking on the previous program, you know, says that this, this government have uh, decided, essentially, that they... Um, they will fund the elderly and they will support the elderly and they will bleed the young dry. They will, sit, they will prevent the young from having enough houses to buy and they will prevent the young from being able to start their own families. And it's got to be a short-sighted policy sooner or later, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, at the moment, obviously, real uh, wages are going down mm. and taxes are going up. I mean, yeah. it's just th this generation just getting absolutely battered from both sides. And we talk about sort of divisive policies, and that usually means, you know, divisive left and right and, and, and between races and LGBT and so on. But the young and old divide is a significant one, I think, and it would be a mistake to create too much... I think so. I think I'm, I'm what people would call a millennial, exactly. Mm. I'm 40 years old. And uh, what I'm noticing is the difference in the cost of living. Fair enough, I was in Canada, but how much you could get for that money when I was 20 mm. versus now, both in Canada and the UK, when you actually look back on the indexes. So, a, so you can buy a couple of miles of... Uh, I, had a, I, had a, I had a one-bedroom apartment in the hood, but it was like $350. That, that's nothing. I remember in, when I went to Canada, this was 20 years ago, I was last in Vancouver, and Starbucks, they had real maple syrup that you could just add as much as you wanted to to your coffee, free. I mean, that's prosperity. Actual if only you had taken that's a couple over. of... If you'd taken a couple away with you now, yeah. then, then 20 years later, you could have sold them, bought I a house... I should have, like, filled up some kind of uh, <laughs> suitcase <laughs> on back. <laughs> Telegraph once more. So Keir Starmer is in the firing line. This is a related story, John. Yeah, so obviously today has been... Or yesterday was the, uh, the rail strike. Mm -hmm. More are coming. Yep. Uh, and 16 MPs joined the picket lines against uh, the leadership of the Labour's mm. leadership... Uh, wishes. Yeah. And a couple of those people are on the shadow uh, bench and, and uh, front bench. So we'll, we're going to see what he actually does to them. I mean, last what happened was when uh, when the Ukraine, when, it, when they got uh, invaded by Russia, uh, a bunch of Labour MPs signed this letter by Stop the War, uh, blaming NATO for, yeah. for the invasion. And he got very... He immediately said, if you don't straight away take your signature, you're, you're out of the Labour Party, that's yep. it. Yeah. Because he wanted to show that he that the Labour Party had changed and it now was this um, strong leadership. Yeah, strong strong leadership, but also uh, proud of being British and and, yep. and not like going siding with Russia like Corbyn did. So do you uh, think this? I mean, traditionally this has been more of a um, uh, a complex issue for for Labour. They mm. have, of course, traditionally supported the unions. They were traditionally funded by the unions. Yeah, the, the RMP has made a couple of donations specifically to the Labour Party. So I think it would be hypocritical, but I'm kind of, when it comes to these strikes, I'm of two minds. Mm. As somebody who takes these trains, and, you know, we work all over the mm. world, I've never seen a system that is more expensive, yeah. that is the worst run, the worst run system I think I've seen in Europe. I don't understand where this money is going. It's, it, it, I, it, obviously, it needs to come up with its efficiency. But as far as it goes, I mean, Labour traditionally has always, you know, stuck by with the Labours, but I think... Mm. Keir knows he's going to have to move a little bit more to the centre if he wants to secure 
you know. I think a lot of people feel that the, 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 the British Rail Service over 30, 40 years now mm. has just not been fixed. The one major thing was, of course, the privatisation, which created a whole new raft of problems and, and didn't solve many of the old no. ones, and to be honest. The prices are wild. Yeah. I My tap broke the other day when I was coming up. I was at Euston Station and I had to get to Southbury. Of course, you can put your thing in and you can, you know, take buy the ticket. The ticket yeah. was £10. Yeah. £10 for a 35-minute no, trip. And that was yeah. one way. Come on now. What was you? What was it? Somebody was telling me I was just in Germany last week. You can actually get like all the trains, the slower ones, for a mm. month for nine euro. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. To get and this again. next story connects up with that one. This is Wednesday's Express. Grant Shapps is making promises he might not be able to keep Dana, but this is on the same subject. Yes, will they cross the picket? So Grant Shapps has to deliver a huge blow to striking unions with a vow to legalize agency staff. Mm. First of all, we have to look at how many people are being disrupted by these rails. I couldn't go to work on Sunday just because I literally couldn't I mean, get out it's of my I mean, it's, let's be I mean, it was terrible. Today, like, to get in, because it's obviously day four, mm. with the, the, the mm. I, I had to wait two minutes extra for my Uber. My Uber actually said... It's uh, horrific contact, out there. ...contact your employer and get them to send you another one. So I actually had to... A little oh bit of God. yeah. I don't, I, hearing these stories make me so well, upset. Well, I'll tell but you I this, think what's going to happen? Addison Lee. <laughs> couldn't get an Addison Lee. What about the electric scooters? I mean, those are becoming quite a big thing on the streets of London. But anyone coming in from around the M25 now? Do you think that might be the next thing? Kind of like the whole of the M25. They're like 30 miles an hour. Yeah, they're fine, aren't they? No. I'm going to have to have rails, electrical You can just see me tottering around. But he's talking about, I mean, training up... OK, you can get agency staff in to do certain jobs, but I cannot imagine that they're going to be... You can just pluck people off the street randomly and bring well, them Well, we saw what happened with, with the, the ferries, right? When yeah. they brought in all that new staff, they were, they were inoperable, right? Yeah, yeah but so this is what it takes to ride a train to the tube. There's what, so anyone who presses the button mm. can just literally transfer... The idea is they can transfer that button-pressing skill and, into pressing the button on the and tube. That is, and then it runs itself. That yep. is something that people need to consider. I remember when I went uh, to Vancouver, this would have been in 2000, they had a huge strike, and the only thing running was the SkyTrain, of course, because they're operator-free. Yeah. So the technology's there, and it's going to happen, but they're pushing back against it. It's very much like Top Gun Maverick, isn't it? Which is the last like hurrah Maverick. for the great the <laughs> yeah. era of the, of the human-powered, the human-flown jet, the fighter yeah. jet with, with a... With a, with a pilot in the box. Yes, Because that's, that's right. the subtext well, of the whole maybe thing. Maybe that right? could be Tom Cruise's next movie. Yeah. So that he could be the... Aslef. Yeah, RMT unit. <laughs> Top train. Uh, Wednesday's Telegraph now, and the whiff of nepotism lingers on in Downing Street. In fact, I wow. would say more than the whiff. This is a stench, isn't oh, it? Oh, poo, poo, poo. Yeah. Phew! Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, this story that they wanted to go away, of course, it's exploded and become yeah. larger. Now we're getting part two. Part one over the last few days was that uh, there was this uh, idea that, uh, they, that Boris Johnson was trying to hire Carrie uh, yeah. Johnson, his wife now, but then girlfriend, even when he was married, yeah. uh, to be his chief of staff when he was a foreign minister. And that story got pulled quite quickly got by pulled, the time, so but we don't know whether it was... Well, the journalists and people around are saying it did happen. Yeah. And Boris Johnson saying it didn't happen, so we know that it did happen. <laughs> uh, I made that joke yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, it's uh, now part two. After that, they, it seems like one of uh, Johnson's aides went to... Um, who used to work for Prince William... Right. Uh, okay. And went to see if, like, one of Prince William's charities might take her on board. 
Right. Uh, and that was immediately sort of poo-pooed, and they said, no, that would not be appropriate and whatever. So he's sort of out there. But earth shot, which what is, is like money shot? What does that mean? I earth don't shot? know, like whatever, just... Is it they're, like they're, they're royals and they got charities, okay. whatever. In, in, in practice, as you say, he's, he's trying a thing. Right. <laughs> but the great thing is... <laughs> Anything he can get away with, <laughs> suppose, he's on it. Supposedly, uh, when they did ask the foundation, they asked whether she would be paid. Because, fair enough, like, she needs the big bucks. Yeah. Wallpaper doesn't pay for itself. <sighs> you know. Although somebody said to me uh, privately on a, on a DM on Twitter today, made a fairly good point, I thought, that on the one hand, the press presents uh, Johnson as trying to position his, you know, useless uh, bit on the side in, in any role he can find for her. And they spend the other half saying she's actually the power behind the throne. She's this extraordinary Machiavellian, Eminence Grise, you know, she's got these incredible sort of natural like skills. She's, 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 like playing. she's, she's the puppet master. Well, when she was, like, when she had a job for the Conservatives, like, supposedly yeah. that everyone was very happy with her yeah, yeah. and she did a good job. She should have been able to just find a decent job somehow. It's, but in a way, it's like the curse of oil, isn't it? The fact that you're going out with well, the Prime she... Minister means you're actually... He's trying to smooth the path. In fact, if he just let her get on with it, she'd probably be in a decent job at the moment. I think she is, though. She yeah, did she... finally get one. Yeah. for animals. Go on, Dana. Sorry. I don't know. I think if she's puppeteering him, she is doing a terrible job. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Geppetto. He's more like will. a bagpuss than a Pinocchio. Well, he's like a Pinocchio in some important regards. Anyway, exactly. Wednesday's Telegraph next, and Putin is waggling his torpedoes in our direction, Diana. Is he Dana. ever, Dana? Woo! Just on the auto cue there. So Vladimir Putin has warned that Russia will deploy its newest intercontinental ballistic missile, which is capable of reaching Britain in three minutes, faster than the train, by the yeah. end of the year. I mean, he's been threatening for so long. He's been looking to pick a fight. I think he's been trying to goad NATO members into taking military action so that he can perhaps justify nuclear action. What a time to come out of the European uh, <laughs> Human Rights Commission, yeah. right? Yeah. We may need that. We may need that. We may be refugees this is, after all. Can I just all. bring you onto this missile, though? It looks incredible. I've been watching you know, a little cool. bit of YouTube about Satan it. Satan 2. Satan 2. And the thing is, I find that very offensive. 15,000 miles per hour. There's only one Satan. OK. There's yeah. only one Lord. And how dare they but say... It's that his, it's his own personal reboot, maybe. This is, yeah, yeah. Satan, Satan But it, the, the scary thing is that it's bypassing most radar and missile defence systems. Oh, yeah. Systems, yeah, zigzags, doesn't it? Yeah. Which kind of seems counterproductive. Like, if you're going to go around the missile systems, why do you say, by the way, by the end of the year, I got a missile coming for you. Like, if you're really going to chop... Like, if you're going to get in a fight, you don't tell them, I'm going to punch you in the face. You punch them in the face. Yeah, but they don't care because it, good, it does 15... Know, it, it well, does, who's going to... It does Mac 20. It's so fast, it can't... But, it doesn't... It, it, and goes prime your systems. It well, the, doesn't matter. The genius story in the Telegraph is this. Actually, this whole thing is based on the absence of a comma. Right. Because if you read the headline, it says uh, he will deploy warns Russian leader warns he will deploy Satan two missile capable of reaching. So it makes it sound like he says I'm going to I'm going to release the Satan two missile that's capable of reaching the UK. Whatever you read, then later on, and then suddenly there's a comma. Hey, he warned that he would deploy its missile. Capable of reaching, it's like yeah. there's a massive shift there. So this is not an additional. I don't additional... feel that. Like, well, I'm just saying it's not like comment. he said, "Here's my missile, and I'm going to get you today." Like this, is, oh, they yeah. did say like a month ago. One of the propagandists on sure. their TV show, and they also had like graphics of Britain uh, sort of sinking beneath the waves. Mm -hmm. But the way that this is framed is like he's got. That's his a missile. different one though. That's you... the Poseidon torpedo. That's the one that creates a tsunami. The tsunami, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I really find interesting is we have this idea that we're so safe in the West. Every single day when I leave my house and walk just to the end of my block, there is a memorial park mm. where a pub used to be. It was bombed in the Blitz in 1944. That is in some people's living memories. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, Britain right now is not exactly making a lot of friends with people. We got to be careful. I mean, we're still in NATO and everything else, but there might be a little bit of double standards to come because we don't know what will happen. I think this is a good thing that he that they're threatening the possibility of nuclear apocalypse because I feel like this generation missed out on that. Yeah, we got a lot of hiding under desks, and I feel like that made us and they jumped life. They've well, gone to the climate crisis instead, yeah, haven't they? No, Which is they need some they need some nuclear yeah. fear in their life. I, my my whole junior high was a bomb shelter. That's what I'm saying that's yeah. going to can bond intergenerationally. <laughs> Wednesday's Independent Now, and what is the number for this uh, comedy police, Josh? What's going on here? Yeah, so Joe, Li Joe Li you know Joe. Joe yeah, Lizer. of course I know uh, Joe. He has been supposedly reported to the police after uh, someone, a fan of uh, going to see him live, his tour show, found a joke too offensive. Uh, he, now, he is saying um, that this joke is actually one of the best jokes he's ever written. I've right. seen his act. I don't know this joke, but I can confirm that that, that must... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not sure. a great joke. But it's impossible to find out what the joke is, isn't no. it? It feels like a PR I was story. Yes. I He's was very good at the PR to... stories. Only involves donkeys, but... Uh, yes. And willies or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah, so... Um, I, I remember... I, I don't know, you, I've had, you've had, I've had complaints. I remember you know, doing Banana Cabaret yeah. and I had a letter... Someone wrote a letter to Dave, the, the, um, really? the owner. Yeah, and said, complaining about jokes, saying I'd been racist and homophobic. Mm. And so they were really drunk. I remember these two women, they were really drunk, and they sort of... And I had that gig taped... And I wrote out a transcript from it, and I said, this is actually... This is what you said I said. This is what I actually said I have proof about it. Mm. And this is what the joke means. And then they wrote back and said, oh, yes, I see what you mean. Well, I don't know why you're being so aggressive about it. It's like, <laughs> you're trying to get me fired <laughs> from this club that's taken me years to get into, yeah. and you turned out, oh, you were drunk and you misheard some stuff. Nasty. Of course I'm going to be aggressive. Dana? you got to let that go, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> that was about 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm still angry. Has anyone had a go at you? Have you ever been pulled up? Oh, all the time. I mean, yeah. the funniest thing about cancel culture, when you come from my demographic, people just waiting to cancel you. Like, I could be getting cancelled in the 80s and the 90s. I think right now it seems to be on trend, as we've seen with Chappelle, Car Gervais. Obviously, mm. they took the stakes a little higher when they yeah. went for the trans community. And uh, in Carr's case, the uh, Romany Traveller. Yeah. Or, or I can't imagine Lysit going after one of those Democrats. He's gone after the donkey. Never go after the donkey community. Let, let's, let's take a bet on how much material he's <laughs> going to get out of her complaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about three to four minutes. Yeah, yeah. I think Easily. that's about the size Wednesday's Metro and Elon Musk's Twitter takeover may finally be reaching its rather messy climax. Yeah, £35 billion, pounds, or 40-something billion dollars. Uh, the board um, has been... Uh, it's been agreed that they will allow this takeover to progress, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that the, the... Because now the shares have actually gone down quite a bit since mm. he made that offer, they're going to make quite a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but we'll still see whether... It's another obstacle to him getting Twitter. I personally think him getting Twitter, buying Twitter, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think Twitter has become non-democratic in the way that it presents certain views, for good or for bad. Uh, but, and there was a very funny meeting. I don't know if you saw that he had a meeting. He had this sort of call-in with his, his employees this week. And they were asking him all these questions, and he was just being very forthright. And and people. And he's were, not even their employer yet. Not yet, but they were so scared and sucking up to him so much. Well, some, he did sack some uh, uh, of his own employees who mm. had been creating some sort of fuss about about the whole thing yeah. and bad mouthing him and bad mouthing the company. And he just said, 
Yeah, yeah. Guys. He said, so, like, if yeah. this isn't for you, see you later. Go to yeah, find yeah. another job. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'll see if it's going to happen or it's not. It's quite a significant profit to be made. If anyone who thinks that they are going to, uh, it's going to go through at the agreed price, the current share, share, share is about $12 a share. Mm -hmm. So if you were to, but that's like something like 30% of the share price, isn't mm -hmm. it? So there's a massive profit to be made, bit, yeah. which suggests the market is not convinced yet. Yeah, well, sorry. Well, what I was going to say, and I've been predicting this, you know, for weeks and weeks, he's been just trying to get the price down because, of mm. course, his original offer was nine billion. You know, yeah. he's taken the price down mm -hmm. by nine billion. Yeah. He's shopping it around. And you know what? I mean, it's so obvious. I don't understand how, um, you know, he keeps going with, oh, I don't know if it's more than 5%. <laughs> how will he ever find this out? But he is saying that he's going to make things a little bit more demographic and make sure that it's engaging, but not too insulting. So maybe giving users a little bit more control about what comes on their feed, mm, which I mm. think would be a great thing. There's so many people I'd love to tune out on Twitter. There's, I think that as well. It's interesting, though. I have, I, have oh, seen some people, you... I have seen some people who said that, it's, uh, that he underestimates how difficult it is to do that, that he, that he thinks it's just malevolence, you know, that, mm. that, that there's bias in there because the, the people who work for Twitter have I this think... kind of, like, collective groupthink. And there is a degree of that, but there may also be a degree to which it is much harder than you think. I'm sure you that know. the latter is very much true, but there's yeah. no, there's absolute proof that they have oh, been yeah. totally dishonest in the way that they and who they choose to yeah. hide and sh Twitter bans and all of that stuff. It's, yeah. it's not cool stuff. No, it's it? not. No, absolutely. I think we also have to remember that people go to Twitter for different reasons. Do you know mm. what I mean? Some people want to share their Quirtle score and some people just want to fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think... <laughs> some people want to share their anatomy on the private <laughs> channel. You know. Exactly. Wednesday's son and Elon Musk once again, but this is more personal news. He has a new daughter. Is this cause for celebration, Dana? Well, it's funny because he has a daughter what I think is very interesting is what he named his child. Let's see if we can pronounce this. Is it Exodark Sidrail, which is basically an algebraic formula? Yeah, this so, is I mean, new child. This is, it's oh, this is a recent child. But like, yeah. I mean, well, so this one, what was it? This, this, this is Xavier, Xavier. Xavier, 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 Xavier. There's many ways to pronounce it. So, yes, and the funny thing is, um, Xavier is not changing their gender because they feel they're in the wrong body. They're changing their relation to their father. So I don't understand how he stops being your father if you change your gender. Welcome That's... to transgender rights. They do not understand biology. <laughs> you know why? Well, this, listen, I'm not going to say that everyone understands That's like biology, the, uh, you but... know, the, the ravenous bug-blooded beast of trial or something. I think it was in a Douglas Adams book. It was yeah. a, a very, very dangerous animal, but very stupid, and the best way to avoid it attacking you was to throw a towel over your head because it would then assume that if you couldn't see it, it couldn't see you. Yes. It's a bit like, do you know what I mean? It's a similar a sort like... of attack, yeah. I'll be interested to see if he's going to take the money. Well, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Your dad has that much money? You better be his best friend. <laughs> like, is that, are you kidding me? Like, dad, oh, I'm on, a man. boy and I'm going to play, uh, let's play baseball outside and we can play catch together. I love you, Dad. All you've got to do is get rid of your surname and just put Lil in front of it, right? Little then you can just be Lil, yeah. Lil Javier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just You'll always like, be just in that shadow, you. I yeah. suspect. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday's mail next looks like rugby is following swimming's suit, Josh. Yes, yeah, so Rugby League is banning uh, transgender athletes from competing in international competitions. This is right. on the back of uh, Fino, who, the, the swimming bo um, yep. body who just banned uh, trans uh, women from competing in women's uh, international or uh, any... Elite sports. Elite sports, yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. Now, that doesn't ban... Uh, the, certainly the swimming one doesn't ban trans women from competing in 
sport or play or swimming, you yeah. know, it just bans them from from competing against women, biological women. So I suppose what would happen in the swimming one, for instance, yeah. is uh, you might be in high school swimming and there might be a trans woman in the pool or a couple of trans women in the pool, but if you're a female athlete, you can just kind of ignore them to a degree if you're trying to figure out whether you're you're on a trajectory for the elite. Yeah. Do you, you see what are, I mean? You, yeah, At some yeah. point, they, you're not going to lose your scholarship, off. which is yeah, the way the things exactly. have been at the yeah. moment. So but now, but when you play rugby, there yeah. is there are two fears. One, that you will be outperformed on the field, but also there's a the fear of, of, of physical pain, isn't there, as well? Well, it's, a, it's a dangerous sport. Yeah. And, the, but, and it's been proven beyond any doubt that scientifically, if you've been through male puberty, you're stronger, mm. uh, your heart is bigger, you have different capacity, you know, all these different things. So, uh, for competing, and you see some of the sizes of, like, trans athletes against uh, biological women, and it's, it's great, it's, the differential yeah. is massive. And it's, and it's, it's, like like and it's not just yeah. trans athletes uh, that get banned from women's sports. Of course, we know the story of uh, Semenya, the South African yeah. uh, runner, right? So the, the thing that I find very interesting is the criteria to determine whether or not someone belongs in the male category or the female category mm. has been constantly challenged and, ch and changed. So the first time they actually did a genital check, then the next time it was chromosomal, chromosomal mm, testing, yeah. and then it went on to how much testosterone, then they had to go into, okay, how do we prove that the testosterone actually, you know, that was a whole other thing. So this isn't just, this is a very, there's a lot of gray on this subject, and I'm really, I'm really interested in how they will develop this. Yeah, but there's, I mean, that's future. intersex, which is a very different thing, and trans rights activists constantly trying to conflate intersex and uh, trans issues as the same. They're not. But when it comes to trans uh, women in sports, there's no, uh, it's obvious whether they are, have been I don't, biological I don't think male I was, puberty or I don't not. think that I was No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but people do, that is something that, that is a there tactic is a that they use online. There is a suspicion, isn't there, in fact, I mean, I had that, that Castro Semenya was in the news for a while before the, uh, the trans issue blew, and it did seem, as you say, that it was almost being leveraged or it was being used as a sort of, uh, well, then as a sort of access point to kind of go, oh, who can even say what a man or a woman is, you know, yeah. because they're all, it's a bit like that kind of, you know, it's almost like a postmodern to... philosophical well, proposition. There's no hard edge between the of two. Of course, so. we're not going to use intersex people as the rule. Of course, no. those cases are, you know, very slim. But I, I think it does come into the question of where do these athletes get to train? Because when the criteria changes, like it mm. has changed, people who were competing were all of a sudden banned and couldn't. So, yeah. we, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson, if anybody's interested, does a really has a really good um, discussion with Ben Shapiro on this. Oh, so that criteria might change. It might it might not just well, be a long But men and women are never going to change, is my point. That criteria is never changing. There's so many different criteria when it comes to who you even get to play against, right? Like, so if I'm in boxing, I'm not going to be able to box somebody, a woman who's half my size, right? Yeah. So there's so... It, it really sport depends on the sport. Sport is exclusionary it, by definition. Of course it's yeah. exclusionary. Yeah. I've never argued against you. Just revved up, huh? <laughs> uh, come on, Taylor, let's go. <laughs> I'll knock off those glasses, but I won't tell you. <laughs> Wednesday's times now, and if this next story is true, uh, it sounds like flamingos are onto something, Dana. Doesn't this sound fun? So they asked uh, 1,702 middle-aged people to stand on le their leg for 10 seconds. So you place the one foot down and then the other leg up behind. You guys want to try it? You, what do you, you do? do? You stand up with one foot, so basically, one leg behind up, the other one, right? Yeah, and then, so one on the floor, then the other one like this, and then you and then stand what happens? for 10 seconds. And then what if you don't? 
okay, then you're gonna have heart disease, you're gonna die early. I'm saying, as you're far gonna... as <laughs> How about you? You're not even gonna bother. You know the answer. I don't think anyone at home is convinced that Josh was standing. I'm, I'm going. So this this going is on a diet. this is interesting. So uh, during an average of seven years of the follow-up, 123 of the participants died from causes including cancer, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease. These are the guys that couldn't make it, couldn't actually balance for those 10 seconds. So there mm. is a little bit of a link to health. They figure, yeah. But what do you think if you're if you've got cardiovascular disease or metabolic disorder or diabetes or whatever that often correlates with being quite overweight as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's hard to balance. It should be harder to balance. It is harder to balance, but you know what? Some I'm that big girl in the yoga class, just giving it that try. (laughs) I'll stay up. I'll stay up. Fair (laughs) enough. The trouble with those things is it's a bit like grip strength press ups. Every so often they come up with one that's supposed to be like a kind of, you know, a shortcut to understanding whether you're fit and healthy. And then people start working on their grip strength in order to lengthen the lifespan. It immediately is no longer a good test or anything. So don't think that just by practicing standing on one leg you're going to lengthen your lifespan. I assume that's not right. Yes, well, a factor. I did think, though, that the numbers were pretty interesting. The ones that uh, could balance actually did much better when it came to. Obesity, heart disease, everything. Oh. Yeah, so there, there is a link, it seems. Well, maybe the Hard to balance when you're big. Wednesday's <laughs> Guardian, the sports tracking app Strava. Strava, Strava? Strava, yeah. Strava uh, uh, may unwittingly uh, being utilised in modern-day espionage. There's some good dovetailing here from one story into another. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I didn't know what Strava was. And the way that they put it in the headline is shadowy Strava is like everybody knows what Strava is. So I feel a bit like the Guardian is kind of fat-shaming me Right. Uh, with it. Because you don't show your I, I don't know what Strava is. Sorry, guys. It's some Guardian. kind of a Fitbit. Well, that's sort what it is. It's, thing, it's yeah. some sort of communal app for I running. Haven't. You got it? So, yeah. so what is it? Then I don't even know. So, what... when you go on a run, you, you, you press start if, at the beginning. If, if you go on a run. When maybe. you go on a run, <laughs> when you go on a run, Josh, one of yeah. these days, you press start and or a cycle ride or a swim or anything, mm. and it will. Afterwards, you'll, there'll be a little map of where you ran, and okay. then you can share it with your community. And if they if they are fond of you, they'll give you a little thumbs up. Okay. So Even on may... the highest privacy settings, though, they were still locating these. Uh... Because you can mm. still show where people are done. So this yeah. has been they basically found that uh, this, this app has kind of been tracking people who work high up in the Israeli uh, defense forces, even like possibly on their nuclear site. And uh, they've been sort of able to kind of get through the system, work around, because people cleverly were... Suppose you can put up your own maps or your own uh, software to it and then get people to run it like they want to run and see how that's going to work for them. And because of that, then you can take the information back. Whatever it is, basically... If you if you if you're in the army or something, just don't exercise. So we say sorry. Can I, no, sorry. I'm just yeah. some clarification here. Are you saying that people like like our uh, uh, Israeli army uh, officers Personal, or yeah. whatever have have gone for a run and then shared it, and, yeah. and people have used that yeah map and then, to and locate they, the And then they can also find out, like they someone said, oh, I'm in a race, like a real race, and they won the race, so they can track specific people with all yeah. this information. It's just it's out there. And people were following these people and being able to, like, right. map. And this actually follows uh, a couple of years ago, uh, about four years ago, another Strava sort of... Um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, consp- not conspiracy. Like, whatever it is, a bad thing about Strava. Sorry, I've, this is my first day of a diet. Glitch. And I've got Glitch. brain fog from it. Um, Mark Dogan, Mark, uh, Dolan just put me on a diet. And well, he, don't ever go on his diet. No, that he, man is he, the size he insisted of a pen. that I go on a diet, and it's really now. messed with my whole brain chemistry. <laughs> anyway, the point is that that at that one, it literally did follow people around, and they could show people at like Area 51, 
and all these different American in Afghanistan people who were deployed in the, the, Afghanistan they were able to like track their routes you know just don't exercise Dana Strava I mean, I'm one of those people, like, I try to turn the location off on my phone. The government is watching you. They'll, yeah. find, they'll find me, though, for my cordial score or something like that. It's going to be something so inane when they try to find me. <laughs> my, my, I was up at my parents today, and it was my mother's birthday, and I, she had some envelopes with na her name and address on, and my dad was insisting we shred them before we put them in the bin just because they had their name and address on. No other information. It's extraordinary. I mean, I think there are, some, there are so many different levels of privacy that people are used to. You know what? That's actually a really good one to find because once they get your name and your address and your phone number, you will ne they will never stop calling you. Who is they, though? Yeah. You, you, you well, it could be calls? your mum's boyfriend. Could be that. Hi, yeah. I'm calling you from the council. We're, do, we're doing repairs on your... <laughs> like, okay. He's like, my name is Frank. I'm like, your name isn't Frank. <laughs> your name isn't Frank with that accent. My Come dad is Frank again. I love talking uh, to you guys. That's all for part two. <laughs> they don't love me. <laughs> Wednesday's Times now, and the author Philippa Gregory has some misgivings about the Netflix show Bridgerton. Yes, Bridgerton, I haven't had the pleasure because it just made me laugh when I was just seeing all these dukes and duchesses that were, you know, aristocracy that was black because I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Dukes of colour. So basically, she disliked the program suggestion that a line of black dukes would pass without comment in 19th century Britain. So this isn't about historical fiction. This is about um, fictionalizing history that she's mm. having a problem with. It really ignores... You know, the series is set in 1813, uh, which is six years after the Slave Trade Act, which banned British subjects and ships from taking part in the slave trade. So it's almost a whitewashing if you yeah. look at it. But on the one hand, I can see it because, you know, I remember I stopped... I, I just decided I didn't want to be an actor when I started, like, looking at the roles that they gave me. You know what I mean? I, I, there's so many accents I do, but, you know, there's probably not use for me and my Scottish accent unless I'm doing a, you know, a voiceover. All of the characters were lowly. It was like, uh, inmate, prison guard, sassy lady causing trouble at a talk show. <laughs> like, there, You'd there be so that. good for that. Oh, I got that part. <laughs> <laughs> I got that part. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so people want to see themselves reflected in this, but I think we do have we do have a little bit of a duty to at least acknowledge that history. But it's not... It's, I haven't watched Bridget, but my sense is that it's almost like a steampunk thing, like a... You know what I mean? Like an alternative mm. future. I don't think like, it is. Like, no, alternative past. No, 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 I don't it's think it is. It's, it's classical... OK, like, it's yeah, just Jane Austen, period, but period with lots piece. of black people. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, like, they did something similar with Hamilton, right? Yeah. I haven't seen Hamilton, no, but those that's are right. all of... That's all of the American yeah. uh, mm. presidents and things like that, and they're Founding all class. Fathers. They're all, they're it, all it, black. It is an interesting idea that this, uh, this good intention of sort of colorblind casting has this unintentional benefit yeah. of being racist, basically, and making yeah. people think, like, oh, England was a great place to be if you were black <laughs> 200 years ago. See, I get all up in it when they, like... I went to go see um, How to Train Your Dragon with my little cousins, and mm. I was just like, mm, better let a black person show up in this magical land. And my little cousin, he was so cute. I was like, where are the black people in this movie? He's like, auntie, they're Saxons. Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, you little... They got a dragon. They can put a black person in here. Uh, even in this story, Philippa Gregory apparently is not bothered by Black Anne Boleyn, which was uh, another thing that we had recently. Now, that feels to me like more problematic than Bridgerton, because Bridgerton is at least obviously like a fictionalised version of a mm. post-racial 18th century, right? You've got to get to the root of the problem, and we know what that is. What, Henry White VIII? Jesus. Oh, White Jesus, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
Wednesday's Telegraph, Gary Lineker has shared some surprising insults into his childhood, Josh. It turns out that he was mm. uh, not seeing representation up on the screen either. No, not at all. I, I would just like to say that I am available to play Jesus authentically <laughs> at any point if, uh, if that job is out there. Uh, or maybe so, Gary Lineker. Yeah, or Gary Lineker, as it turns out. Yes, yeah, so he is saying... I don't know, some of the stuff that Gary Lindica comes out with I quite like, and some I think is just ridiculous. This is probably the stupidest thing I've ever heard him say. Oh. This is in Telegraph. He said, I suffered racist abuse for my darkish skin when I was a boy. And he sort of says it here, pretty much racist abuse. Mm. Gary, you didn't. No. OK? You didn't, mate. And I find that, like, a ridiculous statement... Uh, you, you do, but then I remember when I was a kid, I used to get called. You are the, black. I used to get the. I used to get the <laughs> p word. I used to get the p word, and yeah. I'm just like, no, it's the n word. But that's get it inaccurate. Right. That's inaccurate. Yeah. But it is still racist abuse for somebody towards yeah, a person. Sure. Like him to Gary go, Lineker is not white. even darkest. He is white. Skin, no, he's, he's not. saying that his darkest. But no, but, but he's not saying that anybody's called him a particular ethnicity. No. They're just like, oh, you've got darkest skin, like, and that's. You've what, been out so in the he, sun. Yeah, yeah. So he knows what he's. What is he saying? That he knows what race. Racism is that yeah. what prejudice is. Come on, man. Where, which, town, which town was this? Whitehaven? Do you know? Well, what? This, the <laughs> thing that, was the thing Lester. that Lester. That's, yeah. that's, that's strange. But the thing he did talk about was that he didn't go through puberty till he was 17, and giving a little bit too much information. I was on a similar trajectory. That was traumatic not in me. boarding school. Not having not gone through puberty, yeah. that was, that has traumatized me forever, and that's why I've got the beard. Uh, just too anything, many children. Too many, just anything to establish. I could buy, I could buy the cigarettes when I was 11, and I did. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Lineker not go through puberty. Yes, that's what he said. Now, that is, tra that, that that, is, that is traumatic, yeah. yeah. And if you're in a football club, in the showers, all that stuff. It's uh, better why than he's getting... so emotionally intelligent, isn't it? It's oh. why he's so in touch with his, like, feminine side. And yes, he knows what it's like. Yeah. I was just embarrassed being mistaken for my dad's wife at age 11. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might he did, like he did marry young, to be fair. <laughs> Summer solstice today, of course, and happy birthday, Mum. So we thought we'd include this one from Wednesday's Times, which is not, not technically speaking history, uh, rather than news, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so how the sun helps shine a light on modern-day geography. So Eratosthenes, I think that's how... Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. look at that. Um, summer solstice Respect. is happening. So what Eratosthenes did almost 2,000 years ago is he noticed on the day of the solstice at noon that the stick that he planted in the ground didn't cast a shadow. So what he did... This is, he was Alexander, and then there was another town, I think it was Sinia, down, it was about 800 kilometers away, which I think worked out to 500 stasia. So what he did was he did the same thing on the same day in the town that was 800 kilometers away, and he measured the angle of the shadow that it cast, and by determining that that distance was only 150th, the 500, he was able to obviously multiply that distance by 800 kilometers and determine that the uh, the Earth is, what is it, 40,000? Yeah. And he was only off by about 300, 360 kilometers. It's, it's no, almost eight, exactly. eight, eight kilometers. Eight kilometers he yeah, was yeah. off, it yeah. Was, um, 40, it, what, it, was, it was well known, and word reached him, that in this other town, the one that was 800 kilometers away, there was a well sunk vertically into the Earth. Mm -hmm. On the on the solstice, on the, 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 the midday, on the longest day, the sun would shine so straight down this well that you could see the bottom, but no shadow on either side mm -hmm. of any of the bricks. So he knew that the sun was overhead there, but he knew that when he had a stick in the ground where he lived, that there was a shadow yes. at the same time. So that's exactly. how he knew the and then they're Yeah, whatever, which is And that's how he also amazing. found... But then yeah. he's not the first one to think that the Earth was round before that, of course, Pythagoras and Aristotle. But he proved it.
He proved it. And he and they and, so, and they're still flat earthers. They're still <laughs> flat earthers. <laughs> Gotta get those guys down there. What I like about it was they had these people who sort of paced out the distance. Mm. Mm. 800 kilometers. That's a lot of. I mean, you see them used to with with the little wheel. Do you remember those guys? Yeah, yeah. Mm. See them walking around. But 800 kilometers. That's like the length of of the British Isles. Like that would be quite a significant job. Take each other the next. Those office, guys get yeah. enough credit for well, this. They didn't. They didn't have much to do back then. They didn't have like iPads. Eratosthenes is like Steve Jobs getting all the credit for the iPhone. You know, it's like come on. He yeah, just but you had the visionary. The yeah. <laughs> okay. Great episode of Carl Sagan's Cosmos, if you want to see that. Wednesday's mail now, and Spain has had enough of Brit's holiday shenanigans, apparently. Yes, so uh, basically Spain are going to start fining British people for some of their British behaviour. I don't know if it's mm. British to smoke on the beach, but that's something you're going to get fined for, uh, for not wearing a top as you walk down the road, just wearing your trunks, and totally go with that doing one. a wee-wee in the sea. And that could get you £645 fine. So I don't know how exactly that they're going to be spotting that or if that someone's going to sort of pop up with a snorkel and go, it's a bit warm around here. Yeah. Or if someone's uh, just taking it out and just, boom, just straight <laughs> in the sea. Who the knows? British way. The British <laughs> way. I mean, what I find so sad, I love a nice, clean beach. I go to beaches all the time. Mm. But what I don't like about this initiative is that it's not proactive. It's all about banning, banning. And it looks to me like it's a little bit of a cash grab. We'll see how well it's enforced. Mm. But why not do things like have more bins, have more showers? Mm. Let's talk about biodegradable soaps that you can mm. probably even sell and make a package from or make a little bit of money off of. When I, whenever I would vacation in Thailand on the Wednesdays, everybody would get together as a community effort and just clean the beach. Like, there are things that you can do to maintain these things by being proactive instead of just fine, fine, ban, ban. And I mean, mm. when you're saying on a summer day that someone can't walk down the street with a shirt or in a bikini. I mean, that, to me, says that you want a certain class of traveller. Oh, yeah. or, or a lot of backsheesh. But what, what, what about the wee-wee? I mean, that's well, the, quite a... The wee-wee thing... But also, what happens if you get, like, a jellyfish sting... Yeah. ..and you need that wee on you to help out? You is it like you're going to get... Can you explain that to the court? you got to bring it on the side. Yeah. You, oh, you yeah. got to pack it in a little you thermos. Like, you got to you got to limp out <laughs> to a building somewhere. You got to take it to go, Josh. <laughs> feel, I think it's mean spirited. It's one of the great small and affordable like, pleasures of life, isn't it? Do we in the, in the sea? sea. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, That's <laughs> why I go to Spain in the first place. Just to pee on, in there. <laughs> anyway, summer is here, as you will have gathered from the last two stories, and festival season is upon us, and here is one of the worst ones I've ever heard of, Dana. Oh, yes, it is a dog meat festival, and by that I mean people are gathering around to eat dog meat, but it's good news because 386 dogs were actually rescued from a truck, truck headed to China for this festival. Yeah. I think what was so alarming, I think there's a video as well, but what I thought was really alarming is they said that these dogs were likely stolen household guard dogs or pets. Can you imagine someone just like, you bet, it's just, I don't know, maybe another reason to get a skinny dog. Yeah, they That's were. Yeah, they steal dogs and Yeah, guard them dogs, and then yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but, they, but the people have been trying to shut this down, activists, and they did a very clever thing, was they found, they sort of found the law and they said that these dogs uh, might be stuffed because they're all in cages, they might be suffering from infectious diseases, and because of COVID, Obviously, the laws have gone a bit uh, extreme in uh, China, right. stopping this stuff. So they reported that, and then, which is actually really good because if those dogs had infections and stuff, they they don't taste very good. No. And at least now, finally, you know, the, you want the good, you want the fit dogs. Do you be... remember um, uh, Blade Runner? 
You see, yeah, Blade Runner away from Top Gun. The first oh, nice. Blade Runner movie is well worth seeing. It's some of it's dated now. It's funny which bits immediately came true and which bits are still sort of lagging. Mm. But um, you, you know the basic plot. Harrison Ford is uh, tasked with identifying androids who are trying to pass as human. Okay, and, now um, they're, they're very, you know, very. Uh, He's an android. And uh, well, that's still <laughs> that's controversial. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But anyway, one of the ways they do it is to say they just say things and see whether a flicker of uh, shock or whatever comes across. And one of those is, do you want to come over to my garden party this weekend? We're having a barbecue. We'll be doing... We'll be having some chicken and some dog. And he just says dog as if it's just a perfectly normal thing to have as part of a barbecue. And if there's, like... If the, if the android doesn't register any kind of human emotion at that suggestion, that is that means they're an android. What if they were but, just one of these festivals? Well, that's yeah, it. If they were from this village in China... It's extraordinary. Oh, I'm not an android. I just like Chihuahua. <laughs> I just think that's quite an interesting... Like, they took it for so for granted what a, what a in litmus. Hollywood that yeah. nobody yeah. no one in the world. No human being would, surely. Anyway, Wednesday's Independent Now want to chill the bedroom activities of every post-pubescent male in China. Yeah, China are really outdoing themselves here. Uh, so this is the Independent, yes, reporting that they've found... Researchers in China have found... A, a created a mind-reading device yeah. that can detect when men are watching pornography. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. What, what would you... What, in what beep, scenario beep, beep, beep. would you be able to put that on them when you couldn't actually just, like, go and, oh, look, he's reading... He's looking at pornography? Well, I think the idea is... Uh, they're saying that they're using it because they're... Because you could also... They're, like, just AI that will test, see whether you can see naked flesh and things like that, yeah. but it gets things wrong. Right. So they I think the it's way still that... Still in development. Yeah, but this article seems to be saying that they would, like, get people <clears> to... Because it is illegal over there, pornography. Right. Uh, but, but actually, this is to, like, outfit people to watch pornography to then say if it is pornography. I don't know. This is some pretty It sounds like stuff. you would have to... Everyone would have to have this chip in their brain. I don't and, think it's a chip. Oh, I think it's no, just no. something you... I don't know. It's very, very Blade Runner-y, yeah. actually. It does sound... It sounds kind of hypothetical. I'm, I'm struggling to see how... It well, it works. Supposedly, it's... Like, 80% it, accurate. 80% accurate. Yeah, but you're going to have to agree to be subject to it, aren't you? Which you're not going to do if you're like... Well, if you're in China, pornography. I don't think you have if much you choice. Know, if you know that watching pornography is illegal... Mm. You know, why would you protect the vice in your head? Yeah, exactly. Go, I'm not going to wear the thing. I wish some people could read my mind sometimes, just save <laughs> some, some time on some stink eye. But I think this is so sad because, I mean, if anybody needs a little bit of, like, you know, to, to free themselves sexually, it's China. Come on. Oh. They've had the one child policy. Yeah. You know, a lot of men cannot even find. There's not even enough women to have en for enough wives for all the men in China. Oh, so I mean, term of solution. and I just say, I just think a, a society with that that many more men and and sexual repression on top of it, disaster. I quite waiting like, to personally, happen. I would quite like to trial the app and see whether it worked on me and to see what you know what I considered pornography. I mean, it would be quite interesting to some, know, wouldn't it? <laughs> some lady rolling down her ankle sock. Just me watching my old reruns <laughs> on Live at the Apollo. Guardian next, contrasting rather heavily with that last one. This is a revival in Japanese love letters, Dana. This is much more wholesome. Yes, don't swipe right. Japanese city encourages daters to send love letters. So I don't know when's the last time you ever... When, when's the last time you wrote a letter? I, yeah, who knows? That... See? An actual one-to-one -one letter? Yeah. Like, I no, had no, no. prison pen pals. Years and years and years. In, in, prison pen pals. I had two wow. prison pen pals. Are they romantic? I've <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? No. We talked about recipes and, like... Right. How to make pizza out of like Doritos? Are they female? <laughs> they were male. They okay. were male. The women don't want to talk to another woman. Usually, okay. they're trying to rinse some guy for some money. You know, <laughs> I was interested in prison reform, so that's why I was doing it. And I'll tell you, you really do get to know people. It also showed me 
you got to watch out for those dudes that have penmanship that's too good. Check his record. Oh, okay. Check, and if he like he folds his socks neatly before, there's little signs you can tell people have been to prison. Right. And one of them is good penmanship. Okay, hey, that's don't a good forget. Warning. Our final story for the evening, folks, is a wholesome tale of the most expensive medal of all time, Dana. Yes. What are we talking about Nobel here? Prize. The Nobel, yes, yeah. Russian journalist sells Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize for eighty-four million five hundred thousand, and of course, the money that he's raised are going to help. Ukrainian kids. So this award-winning Russian journalist has raised more than 100 million for Ukrainian children, which is amazing, and that's 27 times higher than the old record that was set wow. 27 years ago. And this is a brand ago. new medal. He only won last mm. year, right? I think. Yeah, it's yeah. a brand new medal, but I think it was more about the auctioning in the hearts of people because mm. if you actually melt it down, I think it's only worth about $10,000 or Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pounds so great for I don't good, know, good I don't know what you're going to sell, Josh. <laughs> Strangely, I haven't won a Nobel, Nobel so Prize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't know what, what were the, what's that person who's bought the medal going to actually do with it? Sort of go around with it. Oh, look at me! I got Feel the Nobel good. Prize. It's a conversation piece, all right. I spent 85 million for this. That is all we have time for. Thank you so much to my guests, Dana and Josh. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been Simon Evans. I'll be back in this chair tomorrow night. I look forward to seeing you again. Have a great Wednesday. Thanks very much. Take care. Good night. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.